There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat, or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. I'm ready to receive and fully submit to God's word, which is the lamp to my feet and the light to my path. In this year of fruitfulness, I will manifest good results in every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, do what you do when you do how you do when you do it. Why? Because you do it so good. You do it so well. Father, we're open and ready to receive. We take authority over this atmosphere in this building and even digitally and say, Lord, speak to your people. Answer prayers, Father. Bring comfort and not only bring comfort, but provoke us to change to be better. We pray that your love would flood this building, that your glory would fill this building, that where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. It filled this building and online. And we thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Can I get you to release this? Say, Lord, have your way in me today say your will be done in jesus name so guys we're in the third week of our series 2020 designed to do two things one to help you in 2019 strong you better hear me there's 16 days left in this year and every one of those days still owes you 2019 still owes you what has this year been about manifestation there are certain things that you haven't seen yet and some of you have even given up on and i came to give you a little shock today to tell you god still has the ability to make it manifest before this year ends i need you to know sometimes he saves the best for last if you believe these last 16 days are going to be the best of this year can i get you to just release a praise for three seconds right there go God's got the ability to save the best for last. In fact, I feel like preaching now. I feel better. His first miracle was turning water into wine. Watch this. After the good wine was gone and they thought it couldn't get any better. Some of you have decided that you've already put a period on this year. And you don't think it can get any better. But his very first miracle in the earth was doing something they didn't expect him to do. So the master of the wedding ceremony said, normally they save the best wine uh, or they give the best wine uh, when the people aren't paying attention to it. He says, but you've saved the best for last. In other words, he says, we didn't expect it to get this good. But Jesus' first miracle was making it better than they thought it could be. And I'm going to tell somebody, I need your faith to increase because these last 16 are going to be the the best 16. 
Somebody say, he's saving the best for last. Yeah, your best breakthrough is going to happen last. Your best favor is going to happen last. The unexpected thing you've been waiting on, it's going to happen last. Can I get you to just touch somebody on the shoulder and say, it's getting ready to happen? Wrong neighbor. I need you to pick somebody else that's got some, some faith in the room. Would you just touch them on the shoulder say, it's getting ready to happen? You're going to be so glad you didn't quit. You're going to be so glad you didn't commit suicide. You're going to be so glad you didn't stay home. You're going to be so glad you didn't give up. It's getting ready. Watch me. Watch me. So we got to end 2019 strong. His first miracle was doing something they didn't expect. And he, was, he saved the best for last. After all the good wine was gone. After all the good days seemingly were gone. Jesus steps on and his first miracle is saying, just when you think I'm out of supply, just when you think that it's about to go down, just when you think it's about to go under, that's when I'm getting ready to take you over. But not only to end 2019 strong, but it's to make sure that, watch this, when you get to 2020, you're ready. We're getting a head start to 2020 because there will be no delay in 2020. When you get to 2020, you're going to be like a plane that's finally about to take off. And so what has God been doing? He's been allowing you to get prepared. He's been making sure that the right people are around you. He's been expelling some of the wrong people around you. He's making sure you got the right mindset, the right mentality, the right ideology. Watch this. Some of you, you've been feeling isolated lately. Can I tell you why? Isolation is a sign that God's getting ready to give something significant in your life. I need you not to be mad that you felt like you've been by yourself lately. Can I tell you, sometimes God has to separate you. And when he separates you, it's because he's getting ready to do something amazing through you. And sometimes when God's doing something amazing through you, he can't have you around a bunch of people because they'll contaminate it. They don't let everybody into the delivery room when a new baby's being birthed. And I need you to know you've been birthing a better version of yourself this year. You're smarter. You're wiser. You're more spiritual. You pray more. You give more. You serve better. I don't know about you, but I may not be where I want to be. But I can thank God that I'm not where I used to be. Somebody throw one hand up and shout, I'm better. Shout it again, I'm better. So we've learned that sight is what we see. Vision is how we see it. Sight is what we see. Vision is how we see it. Our issue, y'all, is not normally what, we're look, uh, what we see. It's how we look at it. I'm so glad that God, watch this, he doesn't judge us by sight, but he has vision when he looks at us. Bishop, how do you know that? Because the scripture says that he calls things that be not as though they were. So when he looks at us, he doesn't look at us as sight. Because if he looked at us as sight, he'd say, nothing good is going to come out of that. But when God looks at us, God looks at us with vision. Bishop, give me scripture to back that up. Jeremiah 29. For I know the thoughts and the plans. What's that? The vision I have for you. Which means God, he doesn't perceive you negatively. God perceives you good. And I need some of you to make your perception of yourself match what God already perceives about you. God doesn't look at your failures. He doesn't look at your mistakes. He doesn't look at your inadequacies and judge you. He looks at everything you can be. And we have not yet become, but those things that are, we shall become. In other words, what does this mean? God says, I am making you into something, watch this, that's so much better than what you were. That's so much more beautiful than what you were. 
I'm so glad God doesn't judge me by sight. He, he looks at me with vision. And there's some of y'all in this building and online where you got to stop looking at your life through sight. And you've got to look at it through vision. The woman with the issue of blood said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. Now she's bleeding and she's been bleeding for 12 years. But she tells herself, I got a vision. That if I can get to Jesus, my life is going to be better than it is right now. And I need some of you to lay your hands on yourself. Say your first name. Say you got a vision that looks way better than right now. Y'all are playing with me. I need you not to do that. Somebody say, I see my future and I look a whole lot better than I do right now. Uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. uh-uh. You got to get some vision. You got to get some vision. Say, I see my family. Come here. And it looks way better than it does right now. Y'all ain't talking to me. Say, I see my finances. And they look way better than in the future than they do right now. Baby, what do I have? I have vision, which means I can see even with my eyes closed. I got vision. It ain't always going to be a struggle. It ain't always going to be so difficult. It's not always going to be so much crying. It's not always going to be so much pain. I've got a vision. Sight is what you see. Vision is what you perceive. <laughs> so when we say 2020, we don't normally say 2020 sight. We say 2020 vision. And I've taught you vision, watch this, 2020 is not actually perfect vision. 2015 or 2010 is actually a higher quality of vision. What I love about it is that, but most of us equate 2020 with good or normal vision. But it's not the best. Well, here's what I love about that. Is that it doesn't have to be perfect in order for me to make progress. Let me speak to every perfectionist in the room. Where you haven't done anything because everything isn't just right. You better learn how to take a step even if everything you need isn't present. For every entrepreneur and business owner, you better learn how to take a step before they approve the loan. You better learn how to take a step before you have the right employees. You better learn how to take a step before you have the right things around you. I dare some of y'all that are going to take a step this week to hop up one time and do I'm taking a step. I'm not waiting on everything to be right. Watch me take a step. Why? I'm ready. You ready? Let's go. Stop waiting on your marriage to be perfect before you make progress. Stop waiting on your relationship with your kids to be perfect before you make progress. It's not perfect vision. It's normal vision. Sight is what you see. Vision is how you see it. It's perception. We learned it can be poisoned by four sources. The first is people. People can project onto you what they see, which will change what you see, which is why having negative people around you is dangerous. Having people with no vision is dangerous. See, watch this. Sometimes people say, I'm not, I don't want to be nobody's yes sir, yes ma'am. Listen, then I don't need you. The promises of God are yes and amen. You need people around you to be like, look, I think we can do it. Yes, we can. 
I don't know how, but I know that if we got a will, God will make a way. I need you to touch somebody on your row and say, yes, we can. Don't let negative people put their limitations on you. Second thing that can poison your perception is pain. We looked at Jabez's mother. Jabez names him pain because she goes through a painful pregnancy and a painful process to birth him. And so she names him pain. Whenever you are used to living in pain, what you will often do is your perception will be, uh, it'll be, it'll be scarred. Your perception will not see things properly because you will see it through the lenses of pain. What does that mean? Anything that you get easily, you will think, watch this, it's too good to be true. But I need somebody on your road to know you've already been through enough hell. There's some easy victories God's about to just, whoo, and watch God work it out. He's just about to do it. Why? I already paid for it in January. I paid for it in February. I paid for it in March. I paid for it in April. I paid for it in May. I paid for it in June. I've already paid for this. But if pain has jaded your perception, Anything that's not a fight, you'll think something's wrong. In fact, you'll ruin good relationships because you don't have anything to argue with them about, so you create problems. You'll find stuff to fight about because you finally got somebody that appreciated you and didn't want to do your own. Don't say nothing to me. Third thing, problems. You got 99 problems and another one. Problems, problems, trouble, trouble. It can poison your perception, 1115, so that you do not see things properly. We talked about Elisha's servant. And Elisha's servant, um, there was this big army that came against him. And he runs to go get Elisha. Elisha is the spiritual son to Elijah. Elijah has now gone up to be with the Lord. So Elisha is now the, the man of God on the scene. He's the guy. And his servant runs to him and says, man of God, do you not see all of these people coming against us? And Elisha just kind of sits back. He, you know, sometimes people who are super relaxed will work your nerve. But what you need to know is they've tapped into something you need to tap into. It's called peace. And he'll give you peace that surpasses all understanding. There are certain things that used to work you up that you need to look at and say, I'm not going to let that work me up anymore. I'm not getting upset about that. I'm not hollering about that. I'm not screaming about that. I'm not losing sleep over that. I'm not going to stop eating over that. So I'm, I can imagine Elisha. Elisha's like, listen, everything's fine. Everything's good. He's like, what are you talking about? Man, there's a whole army out here to get us. He said, Lord, open his eyes. See, he could see but he didn't have vision. He could see, but he didn't have a proper perception. His perception was poison because all he saw was problems. So he says, listen, it's about to go down. I mean, this is it. This is it. This is, it's over. It's over. And the Lord opens his eyes, and then all of a sudden, he could see that there was armies of angels that were gathered to fight the battle. Here's where you and I sometimes let problems poison our perception. Is we think we just out here by ourselves. Now realizing I got some friends with me. Bishop, who you got with your goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Would you lay your hands on yourself and say you are not by yourself? Let's go further. The Bible says that he'll give his angels charge over me, which means I'm never in anything by myself. Wherever I go, I got an entourage, and you may not be able to see them, but you're going to feel them. You may not be able to see them, but you're going to know that you 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 know that they are there. Fourth thing that can poison your perception 
is your past. And the danger of your past is you'll condition yourself to thinking that's all you'll ever be. That's what the Bible says. He says, behold, I do a new thing. Why do you have to tell you it was new? Because your past will make you make everything new old. Let me prove it to you. When you move somewhere new, what do you normally set up your new place to look like? The old one. Well, this was over here. That was back then. Well, this goes here. That was in the other place. And I need some of you to stop turning your new life into your old life because your past has given you a picture of what it's supposed to look like. God's getting ready to change the picture of what it's supposed to look like. Think about that. Think about that. You'll say, this goes here. Why? Based on the picture your past created. See, here's the danger of your past. Your past creates a picture that now you try to live by. Y'all ain't talking to me. So you'll say, this is how I used to act. Baby, you also used to have a jerry curl in too. This is how I used to act. You also had bell-bottom jeans on back then too. If you change your outer, you got to learn how to change the inner. I need somebody to just say, Lord, do something new in me. Say, and help me not to fight it. Can I help you with that practically? Some of you need to go home and change your house. You need to go home and change your house around. You need to just move stuff. Put it somewhere else. Some of y'all got too much stuff. You, you literally keep every single, you have kept everything you have ever purchased, ever, in the historicity of purchasing things. It's a word. Google it. Sometimes you got to go home, change your stuff. Why am I moving it? Because if I can come home, what's your home? A sanctuary. That's why we don't call this a sanctuary. This is an auditorium. I hear so I can go do. Your sanctuary is where you go hide. Your sanctuary is the place of protection. So that's why your home is your sanctuary. This is the auditorium so you can come hear the word of God so you can go do the word of God. We didn't come in here to hide. We came in here to get strong. We didn't come in here to hide. We came in here to get the word so we could rule and reign and conquer and subdue. Pain, your past, problems. And people can poison your perception. And sometimes poison perception will make you think God can only use open doors. See, week one we learned that when you have poison perception is that you will ignore the law that governs the earth. You reap and you sow. Your increase comes from your... Last week we learned when we have poison perception that it will make us miscategorize people we're in relationship with. Milk, wine, poison. This week, when we have poison perception, if we're not careful, we will pray for God to open doors when the real prayer should be, Lord, shut the door. Close doors work. Can I add this to the message title? Better. Bishop, what do you mean? Revelation 3, 7. And to the angel, that means the leader of the church in Philadelphia, right? The words of the Holy One, the true one. This is God we're talking about, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one will open. Stop. How do you know God is behind something shutting? There's nothing you can do to open it. There are certain people, they won't respond to you. There are certain friends that won't text you back. 
and you're praying that God opens it, could it be that God shut it down? I need us to take five seconds to thank God for every door that he has shut in 2019. Go, go, go. 1115, I need your praise to elevate, please. Four, three, two, thank you, Jesus. One, say thank you, Lord. He says, I'll open it and it can't nobody shut it. Now, here's what he doesn't say. It doesn't say that, that perhaps there's too much baggage on you to not fit through it. There's certain doors God has opened that God says, you have too much baggage. You can't fit through it because you won't drop your bags. So you can see the opportunity, but you can't have the opportunity because you want to keep your baggage. Ooh, lay your hands on yourself. Say, Lord, free me from my baggage. But then he says, there's certain doors I'm going to shut and your fasting won't open it. Your giving won't open it. Your prayer won't open it. Your supplication won't open it. Nothing will open the door. Because if God shuts it down, it's shut down. Verse 8 shows us that what he shuts or opens are doors, either literally or figuratively. And doors have a few different meanings in the Bible. The word here that's used has a few different meanings. It's not just door like we think of a door. The word door here first means gate. A gate is only in a fence or a wall. What does that mean? That I've tried every other way to get to it, but the only way through it is the gate. You missed it. I tried every other way to get to it, but I cannot escape the gate because I can't climb the fence, nor can I get past the wall. You just missed that. What does this mean for you and I practically? Your gates refer to your senses. We walk by faith, not by sight. What does that mean? Not by what we let through our gates. Sometimes God needs to shut the gates to what you see, what you touch, what you smell, what you hear, what you see. Touch your neighbor and say, watch the gates. Here's the second meaning. It means this. It means a portal. A portal refers to a large door. It's not just a door. It's a large door. What's the large door? The large door is the big area you keep ignoring. It's the area of life where you have decided I'm not going to look at it and hopefully it will go away. Can we all be honest at the 1115? There are certain things that we procrastinate about. And what is that? That's your portal. That's the large door. There are certain conversations you've not had. What's that? That's your portal. That's the large door. Got it? But when you think of portal, portal doesn't just deal with the large door. It deals with the dimension. What's the dimension? You think of 3D. That means I can see the depth, the width, the height. I can see it for the totality of what it is versus 2D where it's flat. Come with me, church. Y'all coming? For many of you, what's getting ready to happen for you between now and this next year coming is you're changing dimensions. All right, all right, all right. Let me get your faith ready. What does it mean? It means you were a six-figure earner. You're going to a seven-figure earner. Come on. You were working for the company. You're about to be brought into the boardroom to be made a partner with the company. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? Say dimensions are changing for me. It's a large door. Watch. Let's go further. Entrance. Entrance means access. Entrance. So we have, uh, we have gate, portal. Entrance. Entrance. Entrance means access. Question. Who has access to you? In a social media world, the truth is, is most people give a whole lot of people access to a whole lot of stuff. I never quite understood some of the stuff people post. Not you, somebody you know. I never understood it. 
I'm like, you mad people talking about you, but you gave them the material. You gave them the material. Watch this. Can, can I go deep? You showed Satan what to attack. He didn't know what you held most dear until you posted it. And then when you posted it, he said, that's what I'm coming for. That's what the Bible says. I'm going to preach the way I want to. That's what the Bible says. Don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. The right hand referred to the one that had the money. The left hand referred to the one that made it happen. He said, don't tell them both what's going on. In other words, there's certain things you got to learn how to just shh. That's your neighbor. Say, don't be guilty of talking too much. I don't like how they said it to you. Try another one. Say, don't be guilty of talking too much. He didn't even know what to come against until you posted it. He doesn't know what you think. So he studies you. He's an anthropologist. The enemy studies your actions and listens to your words to know what to attack. That's good right there. Entrance, access. What has access to you? There are certain people that have access to you that they misuse and abuse the access. It's quiet in the church. Say access. Here's the next meaning. The next meaning is closure. It means to bring something to conclusion or resolution. Conclusion or resolution. So, so God says there's certain things that need to come to conclusion or resolution. And sometimes that is going to have to be an independent job. There's certain people who are never going to apologize to you. I need you to get over that. There are certain people who are never going to think they were wrong because their pride wants them to. They're never going to even concede. They're going to stand by their stance. And sometimes you just got to have closure in yourself. <laughs> Would you lay your hands on yourself and say, close it out, close it out, close it out. When you exit 2019, watch this. You're going to close out what needs to be closed so that in 2020, only that which needs to be open is open. Then... Then it means opportunity. Stop, stop, stop. Opportunity means something becomes possible. Which, which means, watch this, sometimes God says, I'm the one that closes what's possible. Because sometimes, if you, watch this, if you're so focused on what's outside, you'll miss the fact that the opportunity is inside. You are so busy studying how to go get some new grass that you didn't pay attention that all you had to do was water yours right. You're so busy trying to do something over here that you miss the opportunity you already have where you're at. For everybody who feels like, I don't know where I'm supposed to be. Can you get, I get you to clear this out? I'm in the right place? At the right time? With the right people? Right church? Right pastor? Right day? Right year? The Bible says the steps of a righteous man, that's you and I, Romans 4 says he makes his righteous, are ordered by God. Which means, watch this, wherever I went, watch this, God says I've ordered that step. Even if I got to step into a valley, he ordered the valley. Even if I step into some quicksand, he ordered the quicksand. Why? To show me how quick he can get me out. Even if I step into something that doesn't make sense, he ordered it. Y'all ready? So, y'all ready? So here's the question. How does God close doors? Number one, he'll close it himself. This means you can't control it. That means there's nothing you can do about it. That means it is closed for you, and you're told to get to step in. Second way is that he allows you to close those doors. Now, 
Can I tell some of you all the reason you have so much wind in your life is you have too many open doors. And your abundance of opportunity, watch this, has bring a scarce, brought a scarcity of attention. The abundance of information, I read in one book one time, brings a scarcity of attention. Sometimes when you have too many options, you make none at all. Let me prove it to you. Let me prove it to you. Let me prove it. You ever gone to a restaurant that has like four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten pages? You're like, oh, God. And you go to one place where it's a two-sheeter, drinks on the front, entrees on the back. See, the way we work is if we think we got another way, we'll search it out so that we don't maximize the primary way. Ooh, some of your storms have come from you delaying to make a decision to win where you at. I need you to lay your hands on yourself. Say, I'm going to win in what I'm in. God, that's good to me. God, that's good to me. Say it again. Say, I'm going to win where I'm at. But why would God close the door? One, you're unprepared. There are certain doors you're unprepared for. So when you get in there, you don't know what to do with it. Got it? Second reason he would allow a door to be closed is because you're already where you are supposed to be. So he needs to keep something out. Please hear me. Is it possible that you've already stepped into the door and now he's closing the door behind you because there's stuff trying to get you up out? Now I need you to lay your hands on yourself. Say nothing's going to move me. Mm -mm, that ain't how you say what you mean. Say I'm like a tree planted by the waters. Say I shall not be moved. You can blow, but I ain't moving. You can rock me and shake me and shake me and rock me, but I'm not moving. What does that mean practically? There's certain things you have to decide and then back up your decision every day. You have to decide, I'm going to be faithful to God, period. So once I decide that, you can do what you're going to do, but I know where I'm going to be. Once you decide to be a faithful giver, I've decided. So I don't care nothing about what this looks like. I have decided. Once you decide that you're going to keep God first in your life, I've decided and nothing's going to move me. Sometimes God shuts the door behind you because you're already where you're supposed to be. You're already doing what you're supposed to do. The only reason you question is because the door is open. And let me prove it to you. Can I make it practical? Whenever the door is open in your home, what do you do? You get up to go check it. And now you leave your place of safety to go see what's going on with the door. And some of you, you've been saying, I just, I'm so confused about where I'm supposed to be, what I'm supposed to do. You're not confused. You just need to let the door stay shut. Are you here, Lemfite? So let me give it to you. Matthew 6 and 5. We'll get as far as we can go. Matthew 6 and 5. Let me show you. Say, closed doors work better. Can I get you to just say it like you're a big old army, like we're in the Pepsi Center or the AT&T Stadium? What do you have, Bishop Vision? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Can I just get you to say it louder? Can I get you to say it louder? Can I get you to say it louder? Say, closed doors work. And when you pray, darling, and when you pray, Jackie, and when you pray, Bobby, and when you pray, Ryan, and when you pray, Everybody in here? Everybody online? Don't be like the hypocrites. What does hypocrite mean? Actor. Hypocrisy is not that you, you don't practice what you preach. 
That just means you don't practice what you preach. Hypocrisy means you didn't believe what you preached. So the word uh, hypocrisy comes from a root word in uh, the Bible, which simply means to be an actor or an actress. In other words, he says, stop acting. Here's what God tells us with that one simple verse. I like real people. I pray that your circle be filled with real people. Not actors. If you ain't for me, don't fake me out. Don't lie. Don't shalom, sir. I don't want to hear all that. If you ain't for me, go. Somebody say my circle's full of real people. God says, I don't like actors and actresses. What do they do? They love what they do. They love to stand and pray in the synagogues. What does that mean for you and I today? The church. Temple was a place of sacrifice. Synagogue was a place of learning. At the, and at the street corners. So in church, they pray not to pray. They pray so everybody hears how deep they are. And God, I just want you to know. I just want you to know how much I love you on today. On today. If you grew up old school church, you know on today. And then not just on today, they'll be like, and on this morning. Why could you just say this morning? And on tonight. Why could you just say tonight? Some of y'all don't know about that. This is 11 Y'all don't know about that. But if you ever grew up old school church, you, they, they will say that. On today. On tonight. On tomorrow. On next week. What? On next week? He says they love to stand and pray in the church and outside in the marketplace. Street corners refer to the marketplace. He said, so they can be what? Seen by others. Question, what's your motive for being spiritual? What's your motive for reading the word? Can I get in, can I get in some couples business? Why do you read certain scriptures that apply to your spouse louder? Wives, submit to your own husbands. And then you get a little attitude and you be like, husbands, love your wives, huh? Love your wives, huh? Love your wives, huh? Love your wives. As Christ loves the church. Or you're trying to get your kids, children, obey. And then you'll change the Bible verse or you're going straight to hell. That ain't in the Bible. says, that you might live all your days. That's what the Bible says. <laughs> you say, get up. Right. Watch. What's your motive? Say, what's my motive? Come on, y'all talk to me. Say, what's my motive? All right, check this out. Check this out. Check this out. Um, he says, he says uh, I tell you truly, or truly I say to you, they have their reward. Please put the verse up. They have their reward. Now, here's what I need you to get. He says, your reward is people thinking you're deep. People thinking you're spiritual. People thinking you're something. He says, that's the, so which means we never even heard your prayer. They did. Let's back that thing up. God says, there's certain prayers that because your motive was to be seen, we didn't even answer it. Them looking at you thinking you deep is the answer. It's deep right now. All right, so let's look. Let's finish it. Let's finish it. But when you pray, can you say your name? Yeah. Say your name. Say your name. Say it. 
go into your room and shut the door. Say closed doors work. What does that mean practically? It's not just a literal door. It's a figurative door. Watch what he's saying. Shut your gates. Shut off access to your senses that's going to make you go against what you prayed for. Shut the large door. For many, that large door is unforgiveness. He says, shut the lo- Shut the one. Look, everybody see it. It's right, chill. Chill is a southern word, which means here. Y'all still with me? He says, shut the large door. Shut the entrance or the access. He said, why is it when you're praying, you check your phone? Woo, woo, woo. Why is it, why is it when you're praying and cell phone rings, you will go see who it is versus give God your prayer time? Y'all not saying nothing? Why is it your work gets uninterrupted time, but your God's time got to be interrupted? Y'all don't like this. It's Bible though. Shut the access. Let's go. It then also means what? Close. Bring things to closer or resolution. He, he says, listen, when you pray, you need to be getting resolution and closure. Life feels very, watch this. Life doesn't feel good when it's a run-on sentence. And then this happened, comma, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this. You need a period somewhere. I don't know who I'm preaching to right through here. Watch this. But there's some periods God says I need you to bring in your life. There's some friendships you know aren't going anywhere. Put a period on it. There's some relationships you know aren't going anywhere. Put a period on it. There's some mentalities you know aren't going anywhere. Put a period on it. Bring conclusion. Shut the door. Say closed doors work. And then he says opportunity. He says I need you to shut off any other opportunity besides me being your source. See, so when he says close the door, this is what he means. He says, I need you to realize you need me like a fish need water. You need me like bread needs whipped butter. Not just any butter, church. Read your Bibles. I'm just joking. Just joking. I need, God says, I need you to, can we be honest? How many of us, and I'm going to be the first, before I even finish my hands up, okay? How many of us? have when we were thinking about something we needed to do or an obstacle or a challenge we didn't think about God first we, we didn't we said well at least I got this money at least I got my credit at least I got my bay at least I got this and God is like I need you to shut the door to any opportunity that doesn't involve me being your source now, see, prayer isn't an excuse to act. Prayer teaches us what to go do. It teaches us how to act. But God says, you didn't even ask me first. What if it wasn't going to be as hard as you thought it was, but you didn't ask God first? So you out here to my Lord, I'm just working hard. And God is like, that's you. I, had you asked me, I would have told you to go ask her. She would have helped. You sitting here struggling with stuff. And God is like, had you asked me, I would have helped. You never asked for my help. Well, you know what I need, but I need you to pray. Mm. All right? So, so let's look. Let's look. Let's look. You ready? So closed doors bring open rewards. Private prayer brings public possession. Say closed doors work. Now, it's, now the message is about to get real good. For all my chefs in the room, this is when the meat now, it's good on the inside. It starts producing its own gravy. You ready? You ready for some gravy? Second Kings. Chapter 4, verse 1. 
Let's go. Now the wife of one of the sons of the prophets, say closed doors work, cried to Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know he feared or served or reverenced the Lord. But he didn't take care of his business. So the creditor has come to take away my two children to be his slaves. Later on in the text, we find out that the children are her sons. Which means she's a single mom raising boys. She's doing it by herself. And what does she do, y'all? Is she goes to the man of God. She's got a practical problem, but she starts with a spiritual solution. I need you to catch that one. Because many times, what do we try to do? We try to get practical before we get spiritual. Then why are you a Christian? Why do you say you believe in God if what you really believe in is self-determination? Which you need and is good and is right. But if I got a miracle worker, why am I losing sleep? If I got a miracle worker, why am I getting stressed out? Did you catch that church? She went to the man of God and she said, listen, I need, listen, I need to get the spiritual answer about this practical problem. Now, I'll do whatever I need to do practically because many Christians stop there. You don't go do what you need to do practically because you stay spiritual. Once I get spiritual, then I got to get practical. But I cannot reverse the order because if I reverse the order, I'll end up working harder than I had to. There's certainly y'all y'all like, it's just a struggle. You know, it's hard out there for an entrepreneur trying to get their business off the ground. Because you're not spiritual first. You're talking about, I went to this class, but you didn't ask God. Y'all ain't talking to me. Okay, let's go. So submission gives her access, and she gets spiritual before she gets practical. Now, this is a tough thing, because most of us, how many of you kind of you had to grow up fast? Anybody? Any girlfriend? So when you grow up fast, you learn to solve problems. You, watch me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. You learn not to consult anybody. <laughs> That's, play something right there. Play something. Do something. <laughs> Woo! Okay. You learn not to consult anybody. You learn to immediately go into, I got to handle it mode. And while that's a good way to be, you got to do that after you get spiritual first. Because when I pray, he'll tell me what to go do. See, while you're sitting there praying, watch this. Come here, Abraham. He'll start sending a ram on the other side. You're thinking you're going to have to sacrifice Isaac. No, when you get spiritual, he'll send something up the other way. See, sometimes when you get spiritual, you feel like you're weak. Now realizing that's where your strength is. Oh God, can we take three seconds and just give God worship? Why? That he gives us access to him to get spiritual first. We can pray first. We can get spiritual first. Doesn't mean we don't take action. It just means we need to pray first. Let's go. Here it is. Verse 2. Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? He doesn't engage her emotion. Sometimes, watch this, your struggle with God will be that you want him to engage your emotions. You want him to make you feel better instead of you actually being better. 
What we discover from this particular passage is that he dealt with her situation to give her a solution. He never engaged her emotion. Can I tell you, a lot of our emotions are wasted time. Because while we're sitting there beating ourselves up and beating ourselves down and beating up life and beating this up and all that, while you're sitting there doing that, God is like, hey, so could you go ahead and pray so I can go ahead and give you this answer? Because you just wasted a week crying about it. And I need you to release this over yourself. Say, no more wasted time. She says, he says to her, tell me what you want. I got to move. He says, he says, he says, sweetheart, what do you have in your house? In other words, what you need, you already have. You just don't know what to do with it, which is why you have to get spiritual first. So you know what to do with the natural you already have. Can I tell everybody in here, the scripture says that we have all things that pertain to life and godliness, which means everything I need, I already have. I just need to be told what to do with it. Because what if this was more than just a cup? What if it was also a weapon? Shut your doggone mouth. What if this was more than just a mug? What if this was a miracle? You missed it. You missed it. You missed it. Let's back it up. Let's come back over here. What if this was more than just a cup? <laughs> You missed it. See, if you get spiritual, you may think it's used for one thing, but God wants to use it for something else. Did you catch that principle? All right. Say, Lord, make me spiritual first. He says, your servant has nothing. I don't have nothing. Well, except this oil. Which means what you have is what you need. Say, what I have is what I need. See, some of you are like, well, but Bishop, but maybe I didn't get a lot of material things. Let me tell you what you got. A special set of skills. One of my favorite movies used to be the movie Taken. I feel like preaching right through here. And in the movie Taken, um, he, his, they kidnap his daughter. He picks up the phone. The kidnapper's on the other end. And he picks it up. And he says, this is what he said. I ain't speaking this on my life. He, say, he said he didn't have much money. And he said, but here's what he did have. He said he had a special set of skills. And he said, listen, I will find you. And he said, and I will get you. And he said, and I'm going to get my daughter back. But some of you, watch this. You're saying, I don't have much except 30 years of preparation. Except experience. Except preparation. Somebody say, I've got what I need. Do you think you went through that for nothing? No. You went through that so you could get some testimony. You could get some oil. Somebody says she had oil. What does oil mean? Oil means that she, watch this, oil represents God's anointing. What is that? It's when God adds super to your natural. Oil represents God's grace. That's when God gives you something good you don't deserve. Oil represents God's favor, which is when you get preferential treatment. Oil, the Bible says in Isaiah 10, breaks yokes. What's a yoke? A yoke is a connection that you have to something. Sometimes the problem's not going to change. Your connection to it has to change. So in the scripture, yoke, uh, oxen were yoked with a wooden yoke between the two. This means where everyone went, come on, where everyone, come on, come on, where everyone went, thank you. Where everyone went, watch this, if they were yoked together, even if I'm trying to go this way because I'm yoked to something crazy, it's pulling me in the wrong direction. So check this out. He says, baby girl, everything you need, you have, because watch this, there's some yokes you have that I've got to break. But here's what I love about it. The oil is a testimony. What do you mean? Because the oil is, watch this, it's what survived after the olive was crushed. Let me preach to y'all because they ain't talking to me. The oil 
oil is what survived after the olive was crushed. The way we get olive oil is that an olive has to be crushed. It literally has to break down. It literally has to go through. It literally has to look like everything is over. And then all of a sudden, I got a testimony. He said, baby girl, what I need you to use is your testimony. What have you already been through? That if the same God did it back then, the same God will do it again. Oh, lay your hands on yourself. Say, it's getting ready to happen. He said, use your testimony. He says, he says, he says, if you had creditors, that means you have stuff. If you have stuff, watch me, where they're going to take both of your sons. That means you have a lot of stuff. Because your sons are going to have to now work off what you owe. He was saying, you have way more than what you think you have. But your perception has become poisoned. That was good. I didn't want to do it, but that was good, though. He's on it. He's on it. That's it. Y'all still here? Y'all still here? Check this out. In other words, he's saying to her, you have what you need, but you need to be told what to do with it. See, that's why we come to church. That's why we pray. That's why we worship. That's why we do this. Lord, I got what I need. I have what I need. I just don't fully know what to do with it. But can I push you further? She says, I have nothing except oil, which means you don't know how to count. Can I tell you your neighbor's problem? No, don't look at them. Look at me. They'll get all sensitive if you start looking at them. <laughs> is that sometimes your neighbor doesn't know how to count because they count from sight not from vision God was so angry one time when David counted the people he had a census and God says why are you counting those people well I need to know how many I have David you have me and if you have me, the number of soldiers you have does not matter. Because what I'll do is, watch this, is I'll send an angel, and one angel can knock down. I need you to get excited that God is with you. I need you to get excited that you ain't out here by yourself. I need you to get excited that the Lord fights your battles. Can I get you to let out a big shout of you excited God is with you on three? One, two, three. Say, God is with me. Oh, girl, couldn't count. Because she said, all I have is one bottle of oil. Let's wrap this message up. Here it is. Um, he said, go outside. Which means, he says, I need you to get out of your comfort zone for this one. Which means your miracle's not going to be in the middle of comfort. You're going to have to get used to a new normal. Go outside. Y'all ready? Borrow some vessels from all your neighbors. Now, listen, neighbors were nosy back then. They're nosy now. That's what neighbor means. Neighbor in Hebrew means nosy. <laughs> so imagine the conversations going on. Hey, Gertrude, let me get a, uh, one of them vessels off for you. Oh, okay. Everything all right? I know, since, I know since Joe ain't been here, I know things been rough. You okay? 
Come on in. I got some boiled ham sandwiches for you. Oh, no, they're Hebrew. Excuse me. I got some boiled <laughs> latkes for you. <laughs> Lay on. There you go. <laughs> then she goes to the next house. Here you go. But now what are you going to do with that? Those don't even match. Go to the next house. And notice he said, don't borrow a few. In other words, he said, because your miracle is about to be big. For those of y'all who still believe God can still put something big in your hands before December 31st, I just need you to get, need you to holler this and say, yes, Lord. So then she goes to another friend's house. Gets another one. She goes somewhere else. She goes, gets another. None of these match. This doesn't even make sense. God, why can't you make it look good? Why can't you make it look better than this? Why does my process have to look like this? Ooh, that just, that helped me. Why, did, why can't it look pretty? You ready? Somebody say this, it's about to get beautiful. All right, let's finish. So what does he get? A bunch of empty vessels. What does that mean? Empty preparation with no manifestation. See, some of you are wondering, why did I go get that degree and I don't even use it? Why did I go through that relationship and all I got was bills and co-signing on cell phones? And... I'm saying it. Come on here. If y'all push me like that, we're going to be all up in the rafters over the next four minutes. Touch your neighbor and say, push bishop, push bishop, push bishop. Why was my family so jacked up? Why, why, did, you have, why, did, why did I have to deal with that? Why, why did I have to deal with all of that? Why did I have to move around all these different places? She's got all this empty preparation. And look at me, many of us in this building online, you're looking back over your life and you're looking at lots of empty vessels. Plans you wrote that have never come to pass. Stuff you typed on your phone, you were excited about when you were typing it, and now you forgot that it's even in the notes. Five-year plans, two-year plans. I'm going to real estate school. I'm going to nursing school. I'm going to art school. I'm going to school school. I'm going to go start me a school. Going old school. New school. Tag team back again. Listen! I thought y'all would know this. Say empty preparation. empty preparation. She's got all of these empty vessels. Things she's prepared for. And nothing is in them. Anybody ever felt like that? Anybody, watch this, even got to the point to where you are afraid to plan for the future because you're so scared it might not happen. I rebuke your fear. Mm. I rebuke your fear. I rebuke your, watch this, your timidity. Ready? She gets these vessels, and she's got a house full of things that don't match. See, you got this education, this situation, and this procrastination, and that devastation. None of it matches. But it's all in your house. Can I, can I, can I help you? There's a lot of stuff you didn't understand it when you were going through it. But it's about to make sense. Let me talk to y'all because ain't nobody over here sending me. It's about to make 
sense. Y'all ain't saying nothing either. Let's try this section. It's about to make sense. It didn't make any sense to her while she was getting those vessels, but she obeyed. See, how comes later? Obedience is required now. You said, Lord, I'm going to go get it, but I just need to understand why. You better go get them vessels. Just obey. Can I get you to say that word? I know for some of y'all, it's a nasty word. I might as well say it's something inappropriate with asterisks in it. Say obey. obey. Now. now. Say how. how. Later. later. But can we have a real conversation? Imagine how humble she has to be to go to her friends. And it says neighbors, so let's be more specific because all your neighbors ain't your friend. He said go to all your neighbors. Who did he say to? All of them. Imagine how she has to strip herself of pride. Imagine how she has to say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not asking nobody to do nothing for me. That's why you don't have it. <laughs> I don't need no help. You trying to, you trying to help me? <laughs> About to quote a movie. She had to humble herself. And watch the key. Y'all ready? Here's the word. Let's go. It says, Go in your house, verse 4. Shut the door. There it goes again. Somebody say, whoop, there it is. Shut the door behind yourself. What does this mean? You're where you're supposed to be. Please listen to me. You're where you're supposed to be. I need you to shut the door behind you. And your, here's how we know it was sons, sons. And pour into all these vessels. And when one gets full, set it aside. Stop! In the name of love. Mr. Man of God. I told you I have one jar of oil. We have all these vessels. How is this going to feel this? You know what I love about her? She thought it. How you know? She's a human. But she never asked it. She just obeyed. Well, how am I supposed to forgive them if they never said I'm sorry? Because they're probably not sorry. They're sorry though. Just let it go. Forgiveness is for you, not them. Ooh, lay your hands on yourself say let it go. I think you better let it go. Looks like another love. Oh. You don't know that? Oh. I think you better let it go. Oh, there you go. There you go. All right, I got to finish. <laughs> Alexa, play. Let it go. <laughs> How? We're done, y'all. How? Somebody say how. how. Verse 5. So she went from him and shut the gate, the access, the portal. Ooh. She shut off the opportunity to do it her way, to do it God's way. And when she shut down her opportunities, God showed her the opportunity that was in her house. She poured, and she's got to be like, 
Because y'all know. Y'all know. It's like you be trying some stuff on and you know. <laughs> Come on, don't look at me like that. You be trying stuff on, well, shoot, I didn't have no bread this week. I'm finna try, baby. All right. You know. <laughs> you already know. <laughs> and you be praying and fasting. In the name of Jesus. Somebody said she poured. Then after she poured, the Bible says she, she, she gave to her sons. And she's like, I guess there's more in here. The man of God say poor. Because my increase comes from my really, she pours again. Now notice, none of this matches, but it's making a miracle. You better hear me. He makes all things work even if it doesn't match. She pours. Boom, bam. Uh, 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 uh. Gotta be careful that you don't let people drop your labor. Make sure you got the right folk around you carrying what you poured. She pours, she gets to the big one, she pours. When she pours, and the Bible says, all of those are filled from one jar of oil. She didn't know that what she had was what she needed. When she obeyed, she made it work. She made it stretch. But when was she able to do it? When she shut the door. Because let's be honest about who was on the other side of that door. And I'm getting ready to close. <laughs> who was on the other side of that door? Her neighbors. Now make sure when you wash that baby, you let that sit for a few minutes. Who was out there? Her family. Who was out there? The people who hated her husband. That wanted to see him fail. That wanted to see his posterity end. What, what was out there? What was out there? What was out there? Her fear. What was out there? All of the stuff she needed to shut the door on. Did you get that? Touch your neighbor and say, close the door. <laughs> he gives them all that stuff. She fills all these vessels. The Bible says she keeps filling it until the vessels, to the vessels, run out. Which means I need you not to stop preparing. Just because you haven't used it yet doesn't mean you're not going to use it next. And in case you didn't know, your house David didn't know I'm going to preach this thing Let's go David didn't know, thank you sir David didn't know that when he was fighting that lion And when he was fighting that bear David never knew That the fight was never about the lion Or the bear What if David said I'm not fighting these fights David wouldn't have been prepared for when he got to the big one. I need you to release this over your life. Say everything has been necessary. Say nothing has been wasted. Say all things are ready. Watch, watch. So look at the Bible, verse 6. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, 
bring me another vessel. He said, there are no more. Then the oil stopped flowing. Sometimes you don't prepare properly because you perceive improperly. The weight and pressure you have had to deal with has had nothing to do with where you are currently and what you are currently doing in life. It's for next. She says, the oil stopped flowing. Get to this last verse, and we're done. The last verse is this, the next verse, rather. The next verse says, she came and told the man of God. She said, look, I got all these, look, I got all this stuff full of oil. Now what am I supposed to do for money? <laughs> it's a movie. He said, go sell that. He says, you're about to start your business. He says, you're about to get a new stream of income. He said, you were putting yourself in one box, but God broke the box to create another stream. I need you to know you sit next to somebody that's about to have a new stream coming their way. You sit next to somebody that's about to have a new door open because one door has closed. Y'all not talking to me. He says, go sell it. You finna start you, mama and, them, mama and son's oil. <laughs> mama and them's oil company. Go sell it. To who? To your neighbors. If I had time, I'd work that thing. Go sell it. Go sell that oil. Monetize your mess. Some of y'all got books that are in you that you haven't written, and people need to know your story. People need to know what you've overcome. People need to know what you've beaten. People need to know what you've done. And he says, then you and your sons can live on the rest. He says, so not only am I going to settle your debt. Can I get you to release this over your life? Say, I'm debt free. I'm debt free. I feel like I'm lying. Mm -mm, you're prophesying. Call things that be not. He said, go sell it. And you and your sons are going to be able to live off the rest. In other words, you thought this was going to be your end, sweetheart. God used this to set you up for the rest of your life. I'm done at 11.15, but here's the last thing we're going to do. The last thing we're going to do is celebrate all of the mess that we've seen in 2019. Because much of it has been setting you up for the rest of your life. Now, if you don't believe that, sit there, don't clap, don't do nothing. But if you believe that, I need you to put a praise on it that lets the Lord know you believe it. Go. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And there's a door I need to close right now, and that's this message. You can stand, you can sit, you can kneel on the floor, you can roll on the floor. You can lay prostrate on the floor, whatever you want to do. In this building online, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, one, there's forgiveness for you. Two, if you give your life to the Lord, but you've not been faithful, you've fallen away. Guess what, guys? We all fall away. 
We all sin and fall short of the glory of Jesus. Here's what I love about him. If I got a pulse, he's got a plan. Three, if you're like, Bishop, I don't know where things stand with God. In this building online, right where you're at, on the count of three, in this building or online, you become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord, or be sure. On the count of three, I'm going to ask that you throw your hand up. And when you do, we're going to shout and celebrate for you. Because we were all once standing in that same place. And the same God that loves us is the same God that loves you. No judgment here. No condemnation. I know this is a strong word today. But I need you to know closed doors work too. Say closed doors work too. If you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord. Be sure on the count of three. Throw that hand up. No guilt, no shame, no condemnation. Jesus loves you. One, two, three. If that's you, throw that hand up. Wherever you're at, wherever you're at. I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. Come on, church. I need you to get excited when hands are raised. Can I get everybody in the building, everybody online, and lay your hands on yourself and say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for never giving up on me. Thank you for your forgiveness. Today, I close the door to what I used to be, who I used to be, how I used to live. Thank you. I confess in my mouth and believe in my heart that you are God. You came, you lived, you died, and got up again. So I can have life and life more abundantly. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. And at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God. And they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word DECISION to the phone number 59769. And when you do, 
I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app? over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.